You have now entered the Penny Bloom Podcast. Hosted by none other than Colton Robinson and Tavares Pennington. I hope you are prepared for a show unlike any that you've ever seen before. Or heard, I guess it's a podcast. So you aren't going to see anything. We are here. It is I, Colton Robertson. And it is I, Tavares Pennington. This is Penny Bloom. This is a special episode. This this is. We're coming at you at uh, 1 a.m. Post Uncut Gems. That movie, man. That movie. <sighs> we, just ca- even... we just came out of it, and I, the, the credits were rolling. I look over to Tavares, and I go, we need to go back to my house. <laughs> and we need to do a podcast about this right now. Immediately, 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 <laughs> immediately, if you will, we have to. So that's why we're fucking here. Man. And now we're here talking to the void because I just need to talk about, it. you know, you just got to get it out. You All just right. got to get it out. So first up the movie, the most chaotic thing I've ever seen. I, there were just moments where I just felt so stressed out. Like I was so anxiety ridden. I was just like, like in the way that it starts, especially like the first moment of actual like film that you get outside of like the the arbitrary tangential part of the story, which they portray in like the first five to ten minutes. Once you get to actually meet like the characters of the movie, mm-hmm. it's just such a chaotic scene, and I just felt like overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my god, is it gonna be like this the whole time? Like, and, what the fuck? and what's funny is like it effectively used those moments. Yeah. There were moments where it was quiet. There were moments where he didn't have everything going on yeah. all the time yeah, around him. Mm-hmm. And those moments were like the the most important moments yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there was something to like having this like element of chaos happen because it speaks volumes to what type of story you were receiving was the story about chaos, about what chaos births, what births chaos. Um, and in the context of this movie, uh, Uncut Gems, it's it's really this desire to to get to 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 attain, uh, I, I guess, status. I won't even say wealth uh, specifically to attain status. And it, uh, I feel like the characters were all like caught up in their own world, almost their own Absolutely. like their own like facades of, of of pride. And because of that, you just see. All of these issues, like, happen. All of them arise. Between people, b- before it's about, really, what, uh, before it's about money, before it's about uh, jewelry, before it's about anything else, it's about the, the these two people who have these ideas about themselves and about who they should be to other people and how they'll express that. So it was really weird seeing that as a character study because that shit's just fucking intense. So if you have not seen this movie, I'd go ahead and dip. <laughs> we are going to be spoiling it. Yeah, no. I mean, you can't not spoil it. We yeah. have to talk about it. Yeah, you. Yeah, you got to watch it. So uh, first up, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this uh, brief uh, synopsis that I got from IMDb. Uh, charismatic New York City jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high stakes bets that could lead to the that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high wire act. Balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. Bottom line, Howard, played by Adam Sandler, is a gambling addict. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when you, when you said that during the movie, because I was it, like, throughout it the entire... Really occur, it doesn't really occur to you until the end. Yeah, throughout the entire movie, like, it, it's... And this is the way that the Safdie brothers make movies, it seems like, is that things just happen. And you need to be... F- you're following just real-life events more so than anything else. And so, like, Colton just points out in the middle of the movie, he's like, I think he just has a gambling addiction. I'm like, yo, that makes perfect sense, yeah. It's the only thing that could have explained everything that yeah. happened in the movie. Because you're just wondering, you're like, why does he keep fucking up? Like... Like, oh, and that was such a big part of the movie I was know. that question. It yeah. was, why does he keep fucking yes, up? Yes, I know. And he even admits it multiple times. Like, I fucked up. I fucked up. I admit it. I fucked up. And, and like, that, yeah. in the context of addiction, I wonder if, uh, like, that's significant. Because, like, admitting that you have that addiction, admitting that you have, like, this, this, um, just, like, 
completely uh like you can't even explain like your compulsion to do these things you just do it and you can't stop yourself from doing like while still recognizing that you're you're in the wrong usually when you're doing these things that's a complex question i think that they're trying to answer about addiction with uh uh, adam's character howard absolutely Um, and it was it was very beautifully portrayed by adam sandler oh adam sandler acted his ass off in this movie and uh you could tell that well you couldn't necessarily tell but to me, it seemed that most of the time he didn't necessarily want mm-hmm. to do the things he was doing. Oh, yeah. But most of the decisions he, he made where he was placing a bet or going to a pawn shop to pawn off something that isn't his. Yeah. It was a compulsion. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this is what I do. Like, yeah. I do this because... It's what I do. It's yeah. not. It's not like I have. He didn't seem like he had any other reason. Mm-hmm. It was just I do this because I do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they gave that little. They had this speech that was in the previews actually, where he's just kind of like, "This like, is how I win. This is how I win." Right. And that was honestly, I think that'll be that'll be an, an iconic speech in, in, a, in a, a couple years. It I'm because go like he was that. giving that speech when he was talking to K. And you could tell it was important. Oh, I, <laughs> I was getting goosebumps. Yeah. I was like, oh. Fuck yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, fuck yeah, and he's, he's just talking about how, like, hey, like, hey, like, you go out there, you're trying to shoot baskets, you're trying to make shit, like, you know who you are as a basketball player. Well, uh, you know, I'm out here trying to make money, and this is how I do it. This is my game. You're out here making money by, like, you, by, through basketball. Because KG money came in that diamonds. bitch and he was yelling at him. He was like, yo, what, what, what you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you got you got me all over the place with my emotions, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I, I just, like, which is, it, it's real, though. It's a real way to portray, like, a basketball player, right? Someone mm-hmm. who is concerned with basketball, but that's their life. But they also love jewelry because, you know, it, it's jewelry. What basketball player doesn't love jewelry? What, I mean, what person, honestly, if they don't have the money to buy jewelry, mm-hmm. like, that, that's extravagant, wouldn't at least look at it? Like jewelry is beautiful. Objectively, yeah, exactly. people love jewelry. Yeah. Like that's just something that that's that it's that's society. A, it's it weird. is society. I don't know. And like, <laughs> and the reason that like KG seemed to love this jewelry, and the reason Howard seemed to love this jewelry was it li- like it seemed like it it literally spoke to them. Yeah, yeah, it did. And like you could tell that KG was just like touched. He was touched, but the the way that he dealt with it, like at first he's like, "Yo, like let me hold on to, it. like come on, bro, like I, I, you've had someone like, like all of it was very, all of it, it was seemed so... like it was centered around like addiction, like yeah, it, it all yeah. really did, like because uh-huh. like KD, KG as soon as he saw it was like, man, you gotta, yeah. l- let me hold this, yeah, for the let weekend. me hold this, like, let me hold this on. for the weekend. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, man, like. <laughs> You just looked at it. It's it's a rock. Like it's not. It's uncut gems. Like it's literally uncut. Ge- like you're holding a rock that is valuable, but only- extremely valuable. Yeah, but it's it's not in its in its you know final form yet. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that you can. W- he just wanted this fucking rock. <laughs> like he just wanted to look at it, to hold it, to have it. It is absolutely amazing that Kevin Garnett was as big a part of this movie as he was. Oh yeah, and his character arc was that he needed a rock to play basketball. One of the most important characters in the movie. Absolutely. And what's what's crazy is he did really, really oh, yeah. good oh, yeah. in this no, movie. Oh, yeah. No, he did. It almost seemed as if he was, like... It I, seemed like this was, like, a direct depiction of something that happened. Yeah, and it, I, like, I totally feel like he, like, separated himself from just, like what KG is in real life because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I, what I've got them every vibe I got from KG in this movie I was like I feel like KG isn't really like that in real life yeah. I've heard KG's a dick honestly I, well yeah and Kevin Garnett is like notorious for being like one of the biggest shit talkers of all yeah, time yeah. he famously told Charlie Villanueva that he looked like a cancer patient during a game like that is serious fuck shit <laughs> Yo, that is absolute fuck oh, shit this man no. like when it comes to basketball this man does not fuck yeah, around yeah. okay so it also made sense why he needed that goddamn gem that's so bad true, that's and true. like like you said in the uh in the when you were doing the research about this movie, how they wrote the Safdie brothers wrote different scripts for different basketball players, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet the way Kevin Garnett handled the gem mm-hmm. was not at all the same way these other basketball players would have handled the gem. Yeah, because if you just watch Kevin Garnett, he is obsessive. Like, like it seems yeah. like he is obsessive. No, like it that. does, it does, because he's always been just like one of the more intense competitors. 
in in, in any game the like most intense yeah matters. and like you just like you know kg is gonna ball out like no matter what like honestly like he does what he needs to to win and he like what he, what he felt win. like he needed to do in this movie mm-hmm. was keep a rock in his locker exactly he was like I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen uh the baseball movie major league no but uh you know the guy in uh the uh all state commercials <laughs> yeah he plays a character in this movie uh Ah, oh, crap. What's his name? I'm looking for it right now. He plays Pedro Serrano. Pedro Serrano. Pedro Serrano. And Pedro Serrano is obsessed, obsessed with voodoo. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he has a shrine in his locker. Oh, my God. That he thinks makes him play better. What? And it's it's dedicated to his baseball bat. Okay, okay. The baseball it's bat dedicated is, to his The baseball bat is afraid of curveballs. Okay, okay. That baseball bat... Is Kevin Garnett's rock? <laughs> <laughs> apt, apt, uh, apt metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyways, uh, KG had a phenomenal performance. But let, let's talk about Adam Sandler. If you haven't seen Adam Sandler legit, act, like not saying that his other movies aren't legit acting, like of course they are. He's just he's a great comedian. He's, he's a great a, he's comedic a comedian. Actor. Yeah. Um. This dude can act dramatic too though like don't he doubt acted his ass off i've bro. i've never like there was never a point in this film where i felt like i was looking at adam sandler i felt like i was looking at howard, howard his character yeah. um it's so rare for me to come out of a movie with such a big big name as yeah. the main character and me remember their name exactly exact because like you just see them and you're just like oh it's it's just them again it's them it's yeah. it's it's scarlett johansson and it's chris evans and it, it's, it's, it's robert downey jr yeah right <laughs> and, it's, and it's or uh hemsworth like yeah. i i think of those names before i think of like steve rogers yeah and tony stark and, <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like that was not at all the case for this movie mm-hmm. and i'm really glad that they did like just this kind of one-off with this like just very direct and succinct message because it's it's i think powerful in that way because it takes all of these people who um like think about kg think about um adam sandler i haven't really seen lakeith stanfield play a part like quite like this before it was Um, interesting but they, they they really like took these these characters and or these actors and put them in a different situation. One of the like one of the other main characters in the movie, Julia, um, Julia Fox. Yeah, the actress Julia Fo- Julia Fox. Yeah, it's this like her second credit. Uh, second acting. Yeah, credit. second and the acting first, credit. The first ever. acting credit was a ten minute short film. Yeah, no, and like it, it, they really like went. And raw. she was good too. Yeah, no, she was. Really she was good. amazing in this movie. I like loved her. I, I thought, like I was like, how have I not heard of her? Like, I thought I had seen her before. Like, what if I, she blows up now? Uh, she should. Yeah. I think she should. And she's really hot too. Oh, I mean, beautiful, like, beautiful, it's, beautiful it's, woman. It's, like, holy, yeah. holy <laughs> fuckity wow! Like, <laughs> she is a gorgeous woman. Yeah, no, nah, it's it won't be hard for someone to be like, yeah, no, I think she should be in my movie. Yeah, um, and she. She popped up on the screen three different times early on in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we thought it was three different people. Yeah. And in each way, she was beautiful in yeah. a whole new way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, just keep, you just keep looking like, damn, like, okay, okay. And like, then you realize like, you're like. I was like, why are there so many beautiful women yeah. in this movie? <laughs> yeah, you're like, they went out of their way. But really, they, they, they just got one person. Was they got like, one person <laughs> to put on a bunch of different makeup. Yeah. A bunch of different clothes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was really about it. Too. She pulled, she pulled off being the the, the groupie, workplace. the workplace, the groupie, fucking with the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene was awesome. Too. Great, great. Just scene. like the, the oh, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, they had the groupie, they had the the uh, girlfriend who doesn't do shit at the crib all day. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did they have? <laughs> the lingerie. The lingerie. Uh, yeah, and then they like they end the movie with her just like ending up like being responsible and shit and going to get a million dollars anyway and it wasn't necess- but, <laughs> yeah we'll get there we'll get there again but yeah <laughs> um yeah no that they they did pick really great a- uh, actors and actresses for this film in a very genuine way it feels like and what's <laughs> everything about this movie came so full circle too. it did they open the movie with the uh with the shot of the miners in ethiopia mining for yeah. the uncut gems that yeah. that the uh opals opals that howard was looking for 
and uh, they show like this the pain that these dudes had to sometimes endure. Like that dude had his bone sticking out of his leg. Yeah, and like that was just that was just the day. Like that that, was, that happens. Yeah, and and then later in the movie when Kevin Garnett is confronting Howard about it and he's like, "So how much did you pay for this diamond, man?" And he says, "A hundred thousand dollars," and he's like. I just spent one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars on this, and you. Or he was like, "You basically just D- you gained sixty-five thousand yeah. dollars." And he was like, "Man, I should have made a million off this." And he's yeah. like, "So you paid a hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars for a gem you should have paid a million for, right?" And you feel good about that. And that so that's what he said. And so then, like, and then that's when he gives the speech. He yeah, said, "This is how I win." And this is how that like, and I felt like that was the perfect because he doesn't give context, and you can see it on uh, Kevin Garnett's face. Like he's just like what are you talking about? And he's just like explaining like what his game is, what his hustle is. And I feel like it's that hustle. That is like what the Safdie brothers are trying to portray, right? Like absolutely why that hustle can be so corrupting, why that hustle uh, can lead down the path that ends with what it how, ends with. Yeah. With what it ends. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, like honestly at, at this point, at the, by the end of the movie, I was like, I, I'm honestly ready for anything. Like nothing will catch me off guard. And then I was just fucking blown, like, away. Like, I was just like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Yo, and I, I I, knew it had to end in some... Someone was going to die. <laughs> someone, someone was going to... Someone was going to come around this way and get their ass clapped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> come around here, you will get clapped. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, packed that thing, too. <laughs> they were not playing around, but uh, th- that scene just, like where he's just like this is how i win i feel like spoke volumes uh to how this movie ends because that obviously the question has to be to the viewer is this how you win and here's the thing howard howard's end be willing to bet he was happier than he ever had been in his life no he he died with a smile on his face there was a smile on his face and I, I want to know, though, if we ought to think that his his struggles, um, his journey in general, is validating. Like, as a human being, did what he what he went through, is that something that was positive? Like, for him? Yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not, because here's the thing. Had he lived through that, mm-hmm. through the end of the movie... All he is taught is nothing. This dude lost everything. Yeah. Bet $165,000, a surefire $165,000, won $1.2 million, and got shot in the face. If he doesn't get shot in the face, he just returns to that cycle. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for him not to. He was already starting to, if you think about it. He kicked out uh, Julia, and then, um, and that's her her real name but her name in the movie was actually Julia yeah too. it was also Julia um, yeah. but he kicks her out after the weekend incident happens right mm-hmm. um, so Julia's in <laughs> they're at this party where um, Howard thinks he's going to get his opal back after he's given it to KG and uh, he doesn't actually get the opal there so he tries to find Julia turns out she's in a bathroom doing coke with the weekend and shit um, and, and she's just asking the weekend she's like wow how is your dick this hard <laughs> Weird. Honestly, the weekend was making some. He was making some pretty expressly unwanted advances. Um, yeah, it was it, and she kept saying no. Is that like a normal like? Experience? I think it is, and that's sad. It is, isn't it? Because like she said no a good four times. Four times. Given right after the fourth no, she grabbed his dick. <laughs> I, it looked like. He, Did he force her to he, do that? Um, well, so he like hugged. He got really. He was not that close to her before that. Oh, and then he got. I don't think she just straight up did because if she was going to straight up do that, she would. She wouldn't have said no four times. Like that's that's bullshit for someone to be like, oh, I'm gonna touch your dick, but you can't even like that kiss is me bullshit. on the cheek. Like that doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm thinking he just kind of like brushed it on there. Which is even more. I all of it. It's it's some it's some serious fuck shit. Ab- thing, but the, Abel did some serious. No, fuck but shit. the thing is though, like the Safdie brothers are great because this is just another example of them telling a genuine story. Because, mm-hmm. like, 
and apparently this is the way that it happens like and i i mean i, I feel like if you ask like women about that like they might corroborate that idea um i'd be willing it's sad but i'd be willing to bet a I, lot of them I, would yeah and it's like if that's the truth then the safety brothers aren't they aren't trying to go for what's what's morally idealistically best they're going for a raw story mm-hmm. um and telling you that story in the most real way that they can well i think they made that clear just yeah. I'm, everything about this movie was people getting rewarded for terrible behavior right and that's what i'm saying because it was like howard was getting back into that loop because even after all that happened he finds them in the bathroom he's like no fuck you like get the like like that was kind of awesome like the next like three times she's julia tried to contact howard he just goes fuck no "No." like he just straight up says no (laughs) after the weekend incident yeah 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 and i was like okay so he's actually done with her he starts trying to get back with his wife and like that that in my opinion was also like that if if she had said yes that just would have been another example of someone benefiting from their terrible behavior right right <laughs> because he just goes back to julia in the end yeah. and and it starts to be normal he's like he's just like everything's normal again like well the way they get back together <laughs> that was that was just a weird scene. everything about it was weird though like everything yeah. about the movie was weird everything about their relationship was weird yeah nothing about this movie was normal yeah. Right. Okay. I. It, it, it honestly, I would just, I wouldn't even say like it was just non-traditional. But that's that's. What's kinda... sad is like it. It is non-traditional. But a lot of it was realistic. Oh yeah, no, it was, but it's it's not necessarily like, it's it was obviously super realistic, but I feel like it was the way that they were telling the story to be like. Oh, here's this uh, girl who's probably a gold digger, but she also does kind of. She shows a heart. Him, but then it's like, does she love him because of the money? But he also is like pretty shaky on the money. I don't think she Um, does. I I think she loves Howard. I think she has daddy issues, Um, and he mentions that. Yeah, he does. (laughs) She's like, ah, you're my home. He's like, "Ah, you're gonna go back to your family? Oh, that's right. You don't got one. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) God damn, man. Like, this is in the process of him kicking her out of his apartment anyways. Uh, uh, it, it really was just, like, going back to, the, like, rewarding these bad acts of behavior. And, and, and like, it, and it was all already, of it benefited Howard yeah. while also tearing him down. Yeah. It was so weird. Like, I don't even know how to really properly explain it without yeah, it, it being confusing weird. as it shit. It was weird. I, I just... The scenarios were very unexpected, and I think that's part of the genius of the film, though, because the whole time, like, we're like the the viewing experience. I'm not like I, I'm sure I, I always go ahead and speak for both of us was just perplexing. Like, oh, absolutely. We were just like, what the? There fuck? were so many moments where I'm just kind of looking, and like you'd say something to me, and I'm just like, I. That was the most I've ever talked during a movie because I had to. Yeah, I had yeah, to talk yeah. through that movie. And there were points where, like, you'd say something, and I'm like, I'm just trying to process my reality right now. <laughs> like, I felt like there were times where I'd say something, and you'd be like, I got, I did not get that at all from yeah, that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because it, it, it was just a, a, an experience that I feel like was tailored just for being an experience. Like you, you think about watching a movie, you think about following a storyline. There was nothing there. Obviously there was a storyline to follow. Mm-hmm. It's a plot. It's a movie. Um, but the best way to watch this movie is to just watch it. It's to just like be free flowing. Let things happen. Don't, expect, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Do don't not think anything. Let it, let it hit you. Yeah. <laughs> and then just look at it. And be like, oh. <laughs> so that's how that's happening. So that's, huh, Just sense. take everything as it happens, and by the end, you'll be satisfied. But you do have to focus. Oh, absolutely. Because you, there are definitely parts where like they'll say something really quick, and you're like, fuck, what did they just say? Yo, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that I definitely didn't hear. Oh, yeah. No. There, there were points in the movie that were so much noise happening. Yeah. That, like, and their accents were thick as fuck a lot of the time, so it was just kind of like... Sometimes I'd get a few words out of what they were saying when it yeah, was really loud, yeah. and I got the general idea because they were showing enough on the screen that yeah. like showed what they were doing, so I was cool. But like, they'd all be talking at the same time, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, dude, I have no idea what the fuck anyone is saying." I that was 
Most and that was mostly the stuff in the jewelry store. Yeah. Whenever they were in Howie's jewelry yeah. jewelry store. Oh, it was, and it was it was just like so loud. It was just voices and voice like phones ringing, loud phones ringing, just things happening, and it 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 just made you feel as if you were like I don't know about you, I hate being in places like that. Like absolutely. Oh, it's the worst. Hate it, and it's like I, there are just moments where like things are happening around me, and if it, and if it gets to a certain point, I'm I have just, to like, leave. I have to leave. I can't deal with like everything going on right now and it's like, like i will legit have an anxiety attack yeah. around shit like that so like we were watching this movie and i was getting anxious yeah. like i was like i was like oh my god this fucking movie is gonna make me have a fucking panic attack in this movie theater. i know and like you, you yeah it's weird it, but then like that's how he's life right like that's what they're trying that's what to they're say. trying to show you is like uh-huh. his his life is all of these moving parts all at the same time, all colliding. Yeah. Everything is a fucking and mess. Like the, the the scene with him um, on the phone the the morning after the weekend incident, and his phone just oh yeah, and he's switching and switching and, he's switching, and switching and switching and switching. switching and I'm just like, oh my god, like this it, this really is his day to day life is is just waking up and dealing with all this shit and a lot of the shit he's gotten himself into. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. That that's the thing though. I feel like this movie is also asking the question: is like, to what extent is a person responsible um, for the fuck shit that happens in their life? Yeah, because through the first half of this movie, I don't recognize the things he's doing necessarily. Right. I don't. I mean, looking back, I recognize them as definitely wrong. Uh-huh. But they didn't register as that as the movie was happening. And is how is is Howard a bad guy? Because of the things he was doing. No, not necessarily. It's so weird to explain. Because the... Well, actually, he's not a good dude. He's definitely not a good dude. Okay. I mean, he cheated on his wife. Yeah, that's fair. And frankly, that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to provide you any more information than he cheated on his wife, who, by all intents and purposes, seemed lovely. Yeah. No, seemed like a did. good woman. Yeah, no, she did. That was yeah she she did they had a weird relationship too, um, I, I, I'm interested in how they ever got along. But then it was weird because they got along for parts, but it was like in the midst of them not getting along. Was, and like and like that's that's marriage. That's <laughs> <laughs> they that's got marriage. along, but it was in the midst of them not getting along. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but. Yeah, no, he he was not faithful to his wife um, or his family in general. He was. Faithful I felt to terrible for his kids himself. Um, but he was he was just looking for the big win, yeah. and honestly, like that that can be what I made wanted, him cheat in the first place. Is like he was like, well, I got a wife. Well, I wanted to know why he wanted to win, because they, they didn't don't get really, into that much. They don't answer at that all. question. Or they don't even begin to. It's almost as if it doesn't matter. And that's that's what makes you believe it's just an addiction. Yeah. No. Like it, that's yeah, all it has to no, be. And that, it makes sense for that purpose. But I feel like to, because I want to feel like Howard was a good person. Who because I was rooting for him. Yeah. I, I wanted was. him to win. Yeah. He was just, whatever he that ultimate win he was talking about. I wanted him mm-hmm. to get it. it. It was just he was a good person with a different set of vices. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, just for a a part that like resonated with me was like when he was talking about like he, he multiple times throughout it, he says, I I was going to do this, but I didn't have time. I was going to do this, but I didn't have time. And it's just like, well, of course you didn't have time. Like you're just fucking like slammed with chaos every day that you go into things. And I'm glad there was actually one thing that he like full ass forgot about Oh yeah. when he forgot about KG's Uh ring. Yeah. I forgot about it. I didn't. The, the entire time in the back of my head, I was like, what the fuck is he going to do about Kevin Garnett's ring? He hasn't gone back and gotten it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is KG not going to return this rock and he's mm-hmm. just going to keep his ring and that's that? Like, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> But I'm glad that when that came up and KG got to the story, he was like, all right, where's my ring? He's like, fuck the ring. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I definitely did not get the ring. <laughs> no, but like that, that part was just weird because it's like he, he did have time. And it's like every time you use like an excuse like that to say I didn't have time because like you, you're you're saying I didn't have time because of the chaos that you're facing elsewhere. But it's like in what ways did you like make the effort to do this make at all. the effort to do this at all or even cause that chaos which distracted you from accomplishing this yeah. objective? Um, and it, it was weird because like it just felt so real. Just the, his 
his struggles as a human being dealing with running a business it, it seemed like things that most people who would run a business probably start to get some sort of iteration of, of yeah. just having the phone ringing off the hook having people just shouting and shit and having to deal with family and then having to deal with the, your personal life and then having to deal with other people and then so one of your workers being like dude what the fuck and like you're just so caught up in this thing that you've been working for 17 months on that you can't even focus and it's like all of this is just like building up and it uh, i don't know like you you just as the viewer like you feel all of that absolutely like i felt everything yeah there there were moments in this movie that like almost made me cry and i didn't know why i was like i like that moment where he did the ugly cry with julia in the chair and they ended up getting back together there was a point like at the very beginning of that where i was like man Mm -hmm. like right when he broke down because i could tell when he like didn't look at her it Mm -hmm. wasn't because of the shit that was on his face Mm -hmm. it was because he knew that if she saw it it was one of those things where if she had gone are you okay he would have broke yeah and that was that because like Let's be honest. We've all been there. Yeah. Someone asked, someone asked, are you okay? And you're like, fucking no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I've been better. And you can tell that's like exactly what he was avoiding. And I could tell yeah. the entire time that that's oh, what yeah. he was avoiding. Then he, then he didn't even turn around and he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck man. Like this. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so fucked up. I keep fucking yeah, up and I, I don't know fu- why I fuck up. I just keep fucking up, you yeah. know? And I just, I fuck up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, it, like him saying that, him verbalizing that, I felt like was was pivotal for his character because it's it's almost like he was constantly in that state of knowing he'd fucked up, mm-hmm. but he he'd get that win. And as soon as he as soon as he uh what what was it that happened uh at the end of that scene, and because like the mood completely shifted at the end of that one, like he was really sad and then something happened and then he was like. The it, phone call came in that KG wanted to buy yeah, the gym. KG wanted to buy the gym, right? So after he, after he outbid him, uh-huh. to get, we haven't explained. Like, I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie at this point. We don't need to. Never mind. Um, yeah, but he he gets that call and then everything's good again. Everything's perfect. Like he's not uh, as much as a, of a fuck up anymore. Like he's just like it's it's good. We're gonna make it work. But it's like there were a lot of other things that were causing the problems in his life and then he gets this win and it feels like it's it's all okay it's enough yeah and then it's what if that's part of the addiction itself is this idea that with gambling with betting on arbitrary sports games and winning a, a some amount of money you can get that that short and sustained win meanwhile his life is falling apart but as long as he's getting that gambling win he's getting a win this but the reason the reason that his life's falling apart is the gambling. It's just exactly. a cycle. But he doesn't he doesn't recognize that. Well, obviously, yeah. He, he and like, well, and that's he definitely doesn't because he's he's he blatantly says I don't know why I keep fucking up. Yeah, yeah. And he continuously, yeah, and you can see every time he he gets something of value or he has a he needs to pay someone off or he needs to achieve some goal. Like it's like play, it seemed he plays like this every game. every time he got money. Mm-hmm. He took that money, bet that money, took a different object, pawned that object, got more money, bet it on more <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> One maybe. Yeah. Took that money, bought something, pawned it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it was just, it just kept going. It was a cycle, and it's like he was so deeply entrenched in it that I, I don't know if he would have seen a way out because, it, it, like, if think about that last his final scene just watching the game think about that as just a manic episode think about that as just him just like having just officially broke and he, he's gonna win a million dollars but like um if, if he wins of course and which is his reason for being so into it mm-hmm. but he just locked these people in a room like to watch him watch win. this game to watch him win um to so that they couldn't stop him from winning he thought um <laughs> yeah until until they put a bullet through his fucking face <laughs> yeah. or that one guy did yeah um and so just like that like that i feel like that makes complete sense in in the context of him just having a mental breakdown or having symptoms of a mental breakdown yeah um which would happen if you've just been stretched to such lengths with your involvement in these activities that you can't see your way out so you're just like this is it like i'm a fuck up i'm tomorrow like maybe something good will happen tomorrow maybe something bad will happen um you know and 
when that does, I'm gonna be like, fuck, I fucked up. I'm gonna fuck up. It's terrible. But then something good's gonna happen, and I'm gonna be, like, be like, it's oh, all good. Oh shit, I'm on top of the world again. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was exactly what he did yeah. all throughout this movie. Exactly. And it's that that is a dangerous part about addiction is just like not being able to see out of the loop because like once you can see out of the loop like the world is open up is opened again and it, it yeah this this movie man it really cut deep <laughs> it it cut deep and like it, and the title was just so fucking fitting it it was the whole time I'm thinking like. I don't know why this title makes sense, but it makes sense. Everything was just so raw yeah. and so real mm-hmm. and fuck uncut. uncut. Like that's uh, what it is. Uncut, literally. And uh, to base something around just like this rock, but having that rock just be more of a symbol than anything. Like representing everything that everyone is after. Yeah. I, I think that was just beautiful writing on, the, on their part. That rock was the win. Yeah, it was. And it was the one that he pursued beginning to end basically damn man like it was it was a good movie it, it was a good movie no this movie I feel like is one of those where you sometimes I feel like and honestly I kind of had this a little bit with uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker um, but sometimes I'll be watching a movie and I'll get like mostly through it and I'm just kind of like I it feels like you're just going through the cycle again of, mm-hmm. of the movie cycle of the oh absolutely of like the you know climax like like uh, rising action, all that other shit. Like you go through that uh, for sure. But the Safety movies are interesting to me because they 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 say fuck that story structure. Fuck a story structure. I'm gonna give you an hour and a half of character development, and that shit's just a line. It's just a line. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. It's just a line. It's continuous, and they're continuously telling the same story, developing this person, uh, so that you can understand them on a on a level that they actually exist in on an everyday basis which i think is insight into a character that you just don't get much more from or uh, uh you don't get from a basic story structure a basic sto- but it, it like obviously i'm gonna credit rise of skywalker and marvel mo- movies for doing that because they're not set up for that sort of story no story. they're not at all yeah. um but like i think that's the distinction and why i like these sorts of movies more than i like those sorts of movies because in a lot of ways and we've had this conversation it's the difference it's the difference between it's the difference between a truly good story and an amusement park yeah cinema like cinema is what the safety brothers have done and i feel like that that is just so clear because watching that like we had so many just like just moments i literally stood up turned around and just dropped in my fucking seat yeah, at no. one point like i i got up and i was like man what the fuck I, I, and i just i threw my hoodie over like the like i just put my head in my hoodie at least three times like i was just like what is like what in the fuck i, I said that a couple times <laughs> yeah we had one other dude in the theater passed out passed out, <laughs> passed yeah. out at some point in the movie. I don't I know. I was when. wondering if he was hearing us because we I feel like we were being kind of loud. There were points where we were kind of loud. But then it, that's the beauty of being in an almost empty theater. Is yeah, because I mean I mean fuck it. If he heard us, he didn't say anything. That's that's true. <laughs> right? That is true. It's fucking over. Yeah. <laughs> Done some. He's probably woken up by now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. We walked right out of that theater. <laughs> I thought about I thought about trying like maybe saying something, but I was like, "What if he's not asleep?" And I'm just like, "You walk over, you look over at him, and you're like, oh, sorry, sir.'" <laughs> I was like, "That'll be awkward." Um, <laughs> hey, good on him for coming to try to see the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, a ten a, a ten p.m. showtime's not easy. It's not, especially by yourself. No, no, not at all. Like I, I think I would have fallen asleep had it not been for having yeah, a partner watching the movie. That's true. It was definitely more interesting that way. And we had a lot of candy. We did have a lot of candy. It's probably why I'm not feeling any like tired. At I'm all not either. Like, I, I'm not at all. This movie just got me hyped up. Yo, I, it, it, like I said when we walked out, it reminded me of the way I felt after watching Blind Spotting. Yeah. Like just like the entire time, I was so damn anxious and. It, Blind spotting, man, that movie. It's crazy. It's crazy. We but should like, watch it and talk about it. We should. We should absolutely. <laughs> we should do another one of these. But it it was the exact same feeling. It it was just this feeling of I walked out and everything was just done. Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> I'm fucking spent. I'm spent. I am done. Like. 
this movie drained me. Yeah. Because of how just nervous it made me the yeah. entire time. It was super, and you didn't even really know why. There were moments where th- completely normal things were happening on camera, and but you were music, nervous as fuck. Yeah, they they start playing some tense music, and you're just like, what? Like after KG bought the bought yeah. the rock from him. Oh, I didn't think we'd see it again. Or bought it or bought it. Oh, okay, okay. Actually bought it. Yeah. And then and then that music swelled and it was all really fast paced uh-huh. and KG was like, Hey, what like stop, like don't and, and like he just Adam Sandler just kept going, yeah. kept talking and like I was just like, Why why is this so damn intense? Like yeah. why am I so nervous? He's just talking He's to just him. He's just talking. He's just explaining something. And then he'd also It was during one of those manic episodes yeah, though. Yeah. It was. It was. He was definitely just kinda like and it was one of those breaks where he was like, I have to go make this bet right now. I have to go make this bet. And he literally, like, that was weird, though, because just think about that, too. The way that he makes that bet is him explaining how he plays the game and then him being like, we really do the same thing. And because of that, I'm going to bet on you because I know you got this rock now. I know you, how you're feeling right now about this rock and about the game tonight. So. Because that's how I feel about you, that's... about feeling the rock about tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but he's just like, you know, we, we both get it. All right. So let's, let's, let's get it. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> like he was like, he was like, and I really thought K- KG was going to fold. Oh yeah. Mostly because I can't remember that playoff I, series. I can't, either. I can't remember that it playoff series footage. at all. 2012 Eastern semis. Yeah, and I like I could have swore Philly won that series. I could have swore Philly won I that series. They did too. So at the end, I thought when he was like saying all that really intense shit to Kevin Garnett, yeah. and like when I was getting really anxious for seemingly no reason, I thought uh-huh. he was just trying to psych KG out. Was gonna vote on? Was gonna bet on the Sixers and win? Turns out, bet on the Celtics and win. Either way, I thought he was gonna win. Yeah. And also, either way, thought Julia was gonna die. Really, I didn't think Julia would die. It seemed like she was kind of like almost too innocent to die. She and that's it. That's why I thought like she'd be the perfect okay. candidate to die. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought he was gonna win it all. He was gonna get that one point two million. Mm-hmm. He was gonna be like, "We're running away together, baby. Let's do it." And then that guy that that dude called earlier in the movie was gonna walk up and shoot her ass. Like I thought that's what was gonna happen. Damn. Yeah. And then he would have, and then like I thought it was gonna be like a redeeming story, uh-huh. like he was gonna be like, shit, maybe this money wasn't really what it was all about. Yeah. I really liked her. Yeah. But no, nah, they were just like, he won one point two million dollars. He's riding high. He's gonna go bet again. Nope, bitch. Nope. Dead. Did, did did they ever answer what exactly he owed money for? Like, I think it was all debt. It was after? all debts. It was all gambling debt. Okay. I th- I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly certain. That may, I mean, that would make the most sense. That was... And, like, we haven't even mentioned the part where his... his I don't even know how he was related to him, but one of his family members... Was that his dad? Are we sure that was his dad? I do not know. Okay. Someone, there is another person who was part of his family, for sure, who was one of the people who were mainly after him trying to collect. And he ends up dead shot with him yeah because he's i mean shoots him in the head and he's just like whoa and that's another angle of this story that like chasing that win the Mm -hmm. win of getting their money from him yeah led to his death yeah no and that i think that would have fucked him up had he survived even still because he obviously didn't like him much but he's family he's family like it would it, it and there were a lot of moments in this movie where he did not seem confident in what he was doing. Yeah. He, Howard even talks to him when they're alone. He's like, ah, oh, not so tough without your buddies here, huh? Yeah. He's like, you can't do shit without anybody around you. Like, yeah. And it was because that dude literally was spineless. He, did, yeah. he didn't have the guts to do what he needed to to get his money from Howard. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it led to his it led to his death. Yeah, which I thought was a really weird thing to throw in because it almost seemed like it was them just being like, the reason that Howard died is the same reason this guy dies. And it, like this is the message that we're trying to tell you is that once you get caught in this loop You don't you don't, you get, don't out. get out. Like you, you you get out, but not in the way you want to. <laughs> yeah, you die. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you, you lose your life. 
you lose everything. And like that's this it was so good. It was. It was. This is definitely a solid first ranking 9.5. If I see it again, I'm definitely probably rated a 10. 100%. It it's is just one of those movies. One of the be- easily a top 5 movie in 2019. The music too. The music, bro. They were playing all like everything. So it's set in 2012. I don't Yeah. And like it it embodied 2012. Mhm. Um, oh, I wonder if that Rich Homie Kwan song, though. Okay, so that was definitely ninth grade, right? It came out in 2013. Which would have been... Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Okay. Damn, it was in seventh grade in 2012. 2012, 2013 would have been our seventh grade year, yeah. That's a decade. We, we literally grew up this decade. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. Wow. It's it's crazy to think about. It really is that and that's why that's really why when like all this de- like the best of the decade stuff comes up, it really like hits. Yeah. Because the shit that happened at the beginning of the decade happened when we were children, small children. Still small children. At heart, yeah, we're still small children. Like, I will always just be a small kid. My knees and my back are speaking differently now, but... But I I am a small kid. Yeah. I'm a small kid with a big body. body. (laughs) If I was a little kid and I watched this movie, I don't know what I would have thought. Like, I would have just kind of been like, huh, okay. I don't think I'd ever gamble a a day in my life. happened. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd ever gamble a day in my life. Oh, yeah. I I would never bet. I've never felt the impulse to be like, hmm, let me go, uh, like, see if I can waste this money real quick. I'm going to go bet on the ponies. (laughs) (laughs) I've never understood why that was a huge thing, betting on On horse horse races. Yeah. It's an interesting one. And, yeah, I don't know either. But... Sports betting is a huge, huge industry. It is, and it's be- it's it's getting legalized everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no. everywhere. I wonder if this is them saying that's bad, or if it's just a random story. I feel like it's probably just a random story. It's a random story that shows the dangers of what could be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And gambling addiction definitely is something that that's very problematic, and I'm sure destructive for one hundred percent a lot of people. Because, I mean... Any addiction is that's true. troubling. That's true. But Uncut Gems really portrayed that addiction well. Because, really, the way you watch this movie is from Howard's perspective. Yeah. Essentially, oh, yeah, right? 100%, yeah. So the fact that you didn't even realize until I mentioned it, and I didn't even realize until I literally thought of it the second oh, before shit. i said it to yeah, you that's a, we don't realize we didn't realize it was an addiction because he didn't realize it was yeah, an addiction yeah exactly and that, that yeah that makes perfect sense because like this whole thing is from like we are with him in every moment where he's pleading where he's like trying to explain his side of it mm-hmm. where he's trying to be like no like give me another chance but we're not getting it from everyone else who's like hesitant to give him these chances because we don't have the the years of history obviously yeah. of knowing this cycle um which is a great way to tell the story, but I think that the way that people react kind of to when he's kind of like, oh, do this for me, do this for me, please. Like, I'll do this, do this, do this. And, like, there's always just kind of like, again. The only person on. the only person who didn't put up with this shit was his wife. Yeah. Soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah. And it's, it. I mean, you know, isn't that usually the case? Like, it is. <laughs> it is. And, like, and... To be honest, the root of the problem is probably the gambling. We don't know, like, his backstory or anything. Yeah. But I got to imagine that him straying from his wife had to be the root of his failure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I just think him straying from... His family. Uh, just these pillars of values that that kind of just keep him humble. Because he it almost seemed like he was trying to live this extravagant life. Um, that wasn't his. That wasn't his. Because it, it, he's going around. He's like, ple- like he, he's obviously. Trump. I know the weekend. He's in there. Get him for me. Right. He's not in a great situation with money, but he's still ending up at, 
you know, the Celtics practice facility. Um, he's still ending up at parties with the weekend knows people at that party. Um, he knows a ton of people. Uh, he's, he has nice jewelry, has a nice apartment, nice house. Like, but his day to day life feels like he's, uh, he's struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling every day to pay for all these things. Yeah. Right. And it's like, he is deep in the hole, but he already has a ton, but he is in the hole. And that's, that's what the whole movie was. Yeah. The whole movie was just basically a feeling of like, it was all just like, you're good, but you're not. You're good, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so confusing to explain because the entire time until about halfway through the movie, wouldn't you say that he seemed like he thought he was in a good place? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like well, he knew, he, he knew he had to move some shit. Or, yeah. He knew he had to move some shit around, he was like, but he get... thought for sure he could get it done. Yeah. He thought in, in like, it's almost like he at the same time did it though, because he, says he's like i always fuck up like i and you have to always fuck up to get into the sort of position that he was in in the first place not for sure um it doesn't take one fuck up for all that to happen no no not at all it takes a large series it, of fuck a, ups. Long, a large very long series i was thrown off by the fact that the debt collector was literally someone who was in his family i was like that was a, a twist that i did not expect well, I think that's who the debt was owed to. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And then the other two were just debt collectors. And then he even asked another one of his family members to do something like that. And to up. bid, to to up it or uh, push up the bid mm-hmm. for the gem when Kevin Garnett was going for it. And they mm-hmm. were like, because it was originally valued at, or according to him, it was valued at a million dollars at least. Yeah. And then they, they put it out there for one hundred fifty-five to 215000 Which reasonably you're pissed like that's, that's a lot I'm, less i'm out on eight hundred thousand dollars like, like come oh, on fuck <laughs> like, but like that would be one of those moments though where i was just kind of like well i mean i did pay a hundred thousand exactly and like so to, and that was a crucial p- bit of information that i hadn't even considered was how much he yeah. spent on it yeah he was so worried about making this million dollars that in my head i guess i just assumed uh-huh. he spent thousands I, I and thousands of dollars on i it. bet that's something that's just really real for the jewelry industry is like people have this thing that they got for this set price but then they're gonna try to resell it and be like no it's worth this mm-hmm. um because this is how much i need <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so like that for that reason alone like i feel like there's a lot of shady things that happen in the jewelry business and it is that's why they're on like locks like they're on the Fucking. That's why there's a diamond district. That's like, why there's a diamond district. There's. I was just reading something that said that um, the Safdie brothers, when filming this movie, they were trying to get into the diamond district, but it was really hard to film there because you're filming. You're not allowed to be there. Yeah, you're yeah. not. You're not allowed to. There are so many places in a jewelry store you're not allowed to go or to see. Um, and they wanted to film a movie showing all of yo, these like secrets. yo let's go into these vaults and like, just yeah, videotape you heard things. of trade secrets my guy like <laughs> um they actually it actually the story i was reading was talking about how they found out that there was actually this restaurant in the diamond district that exclusively served people who worked at in the diamond district like jewel, ju- uh, jewelers and damn jewelers 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 yo i had a tough time too <laughs> i was like jewelers <laughs> Jurors. I was like, I was, I was picturing the word and how it's spelled and saying jurors, jurors, jurors. Just let me hit the jewel, bro. <laughs> that's basically, that's basically is, the movie in the nutshell. Wait, is there that's basically Kevin Garnett in a nutshell. <laughs> let me get the jewel, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, hey, bro, can I, can I hold hey, can your I jewel? Can I hold your jewel? Can, can I, I hold your jewel real quick? <laughs> no, but is there something to Jew, jewel? Something to think about. William Jewel. It all connects. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I uh, attend William Jewell College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So We'll see, actually. I haven't actually enrolled for classes next semester. We'll no see. shit. No. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Uncut Gems, man. That was a great movie. It was a great movie. Totally worth the watch. I might even go see it again. I, I'm, I will go with you. That's <laughs> okay. I will. That, that was so fucking good. That was just incredible. I need to, this is one of those movies where I see, and I immediately think of people who I want to, like, see this movie. Like, 
like when I first saw Blind Spotting, like I knew you were like Colton needs to see. Yeah, this movie. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then like this one, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of honestly Bryce. Bryce definitely wouldn't need to see this, and he fucked with Martin Scorsese. Okay, yeah, executive producer of the movie, executive Martin producer, Scorsese. Yeah, it was. It felt it no, felt very so Scorsese. I didn't feel like Lakeith Stanfield's part was as big as I thought it would be. Toward, well, it was big in the in the beginning. First half of the movie, he was a l- huge part. I've of the never movie. not I've never not liked Lakeith Stanfield in the movie. I didn't really love his like. It, it, obviously, his character served a purpose. He did a great job acting and everything, but I just didn't love like who his character. was. Oh, his character sucked. He was, his character he was, was annoying as shit. Bag. I was like, like this guy, because through the first half of the movie, like I said. We were watching it from the perspective of how, from the perspective of Howard. Yeah. So the entire time we're like, man, everybody else around him is kind of fucking up on it. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you have the realization about halfway through the movie, you're like, oh shit, he's Howard's fucking up fucking on everybody up on himself. <laughs> he's fucking up on himself, fucking up on everybody else. Yeah. Like, but like through the first half of the movie, Lakeith Stanfield's character, uh, Dur, Dur, uh, I can't remember. Damani. Damani. Yeah. Damani. He was he was like a. He was really protective of Kevin Garnett and the Jewel, mm-hmm. which I didn't feel good about. But it was partially because I forgot about the fucking ring. Yeah. I forgot that he took the ring as insurance. Mm-hmm. He was gonna return that gem. Exactly. That's his fucking championship ring. Exactly. I don't know why I was worried about it. I I don't know why either. I was like, Kevin Garnett's not gonna just hit the Jets on this dude. Like it's Kevin. Like that dude wants his. He wants his championship on, he's ring. He's rich. Like. It, it, <laughs> if he can't get this gem, he'll get a different one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Damani was going to... Steal the shit. Yeah. I thought he was just going to be like, ah, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> there were so many times... like, And that, that was what was so crazy about the first hour in, of this movie. Yeah. There were so many opportunities that they could have changed one little thing and the entire story is different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and like the entire time, if you are watching it and you're going, all right. I think this is about to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, I think this is about to happen, which is what I did yeah. for the first half of the movie. Yeah. I, at some point, I just gave up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, because I could, this specific movie, yeah. I could not figure the, out the first half. I was really trying to pin down where it was like, where like what what vehicle. If this makes sense, I was trying to pin down what vehicle the the movie was operating within. Like, where was it headed? Uh, like what model was it? Like what what type of story was I watching? Because like you watch a movie and there's you can pick up on it. You can pick up on it and you can kind of start to relate it to things that you've seen before and start to try to figure out like where most likely it's gonna go. You you didn't even have any sort of foundation for deciding what the basic principles of this movie were in the first thirty minutes. You were just kind of watching this dude struggle. And. We don't fully understand why until the very end. Exactly. But the first time we see uh, Howard in this movie, he's uh, receiving a colonoscopy. Yeah. And we we saw the inside of his rectum. Yeah. That, not something I ever thought I'd see. And it, it felt very pointless. It, it, it felt it, like, why am I seeing this? Why on earth am I watching this? And at the very end, when he gets shot in the face, the last shot is them zooming in on his bullet hole and them going into the universe that that, yeah. that the opal showed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was it, the full circle. Like, and I, I, and I, I, everything. It was a cycle, like mm-hmm. the cycle of addiction, just mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, no, 100%. It was just a, a fucking cycle of shit. It was a great movie. Perfectly. It was a great movie. Yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend. You must watch. I'm, I'm mad this came out the last week of 2019. I'm not. <laughs> came out when it came out. Came out when it came out, yeah. Still, still no, one of the best movies of 2019. I, yeah, no. At 100, but, like, I, it almost feels weird saying that because I'm like, ah, but, like, because it, it, it's like, oh, this movie just comes out the last week and you're just like, oh, it's, it's the best of the year, one of the best of the years. Like, See, but a year from now, you can look back and be like, Uncut Gems is the best movie of 2019 and feel fine about it. That's fair. That's fair. And I think I will. It, it, I, I, it's strong. It's the, strong, dude. It's probably one of the better, like, even for as, as shocking as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was in theaters, we weren't even near how shocked we were watching this movie in theaters. It, and it really did. Like everything about it reminded me of our viewing of Blind Spot. Yeah. The entire time, I like, I was on the edge of my seat, and I was just like, 
exasperated. Just like, fucking holy shit. Yeah. What are we watching? <laughs> it was it was something. It was amazing is what it was. It was amazing. There you go. Well, I don't have anything else to say about it. I don't either. Well, I have plenty else to say about it. I just won't. <laughs> it's been an hour. It's been an hour. That's a good that's a good review. For sure. One hundred percent. Well, this has been a a special little one-off episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm Tavares Pennington. And we thank you for for everything. For just being alive. Yeah, for... Thank you. Thank you. You do good. You do good. You... You you good. (laughs) You do good. Love you 3,000. I love you 3,000. Aw. Aw. It won't stop. It won't fucking stop. Holy... Oh, my God. Fuck. Ah!